Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This is the audio version of our live Sunday morning gathering. To view our live Sunday morning gathering, go to pcctoday.com. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Am I not on? You're on. I'm on. Can you hear me okay? No, you're not. Morning. Good morning. Hey, you got to turn it on. Grace, Grace, Grace over my microphone. You just got to flip it on. Good morning, everyone. We are so glad you are here today. How many of you found yourself shouting Grace, Grace this week? Yes. I know I did. And actually this week we were supposed to go on a trip to California. But both of our boys got the stomach flu, (laughs) and uh, we were shouting Grace Grace in our home. Actually, Titus, my 11-year-old, on uh, the day that he got sick, I could hear him go, Grace Grace. He did. So we are acting in faith, but we are so glad that you are here. Um, it's, It's just wonderful to be in the house of God together. If you're listening online, we're glad you're with us as well. And here at Portland Christian Center, we have a clear mission and vision from the Lord. And that is to love God. We're going to love God. We're going to present hope and we're going to develop people. That is who we are. That's, that is our mission. And if it's Jesus's mission, it's my mission too. And in order to do that mission, we have to be anchored. So we've been in a series called Anchored. Last week, we talked about being anchored in grace. Mm-hmm. And, and this week, we're going to be talking about being anchored in love. Turn to your neighbor and say, anchored in love. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and in case you're wondering, we live in a world that is all over the place, don't we? not anchored by anything. People think they can change uh, lots of different things about them just by saying, call me this. But that's not being anchored in Christ, is it? You see, we need to be anchored in God's word. And so today we're going to continue our series. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn into Ephesians chapter three. And uh, Maela's going to read it for us in just a moment. Again, um, we are discovering as you read through this, The Apostle Paul has an amazing teaching for all of us to live our lives in a way where we can be anchored in a world that goes this way, that way, all over the place. We are anchored in Jesus' name, and it's through God's word. So let's go ahead and read Scripture together. All right, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, and we're reading from the NLT. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then when then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Isn't that good? I think sometimes we forget to, uh, to recognize uh, Paul is writing that from prison. And there's a lot of love and joy in prison, apparently. 
But the way that he's writing it is, is just amazing. And I want to draw your attention uh, to the very first part of that passage when it says, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father. I don't know about you, but have you ever fallen to your knees in prayer? Whenever that happens, usually that's because of despair or sadness or something's overwhelming and you're just, you're just crying out for help. So it's kind of interesting that as you follow through what he, what he says, it doesn't quite match almost because he's talking about love and how great God is, but he's falling to his knees. Why is he falling to his knees? Well, if you just go back one verse, we'll put it up um, on the screen for you. When you go back up one verse, here's what it says. So please, now again, he's writing to this church in, in, this, in the town of Ephesus, the Ephesians, and here's what he says. Please don't lose heart because of my trials here, I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. Doesn't that not make sense? <laughs> like, think about it for a second. You should feel honored because I'm suffering because of you. <laughs> Paul has a completely different perspective on life, doesn't he? He sees things so radically different. And what he is most concerned about it's not about his own well-being, but the gospel being preached. Yeah. But lives being transformed. In fact, the reason he's saying I'm in jail because of you is because I, he's saying I led you to Jesus. I preached the gospel. I started this church. I love you. I'm so excited for what God's doing. And, but he ha the reason he's falling on his knees is because he's praying they won't lose heart. Mm -hmm. We live in a world where people have lost heart. Mm -hmm. But the question we want to answer and start off with is, what does it mean to lose heart? Losing heart. Well, Valentine's Day is coming up. Just in case some of you forgot, I'm helping you out. It's Tuesday. Hint, hint. Hint, hint, Nate. So Valentine's <laughs> Day is coming up. And, uh, you know, Val Valentine's Day, the symbol for Valentine's Day is heart, is a heart, right? We all know that. And so when you think of losing heart, oftentimes we think of it being sad or rejected or um, like your heart got broken. And as we were preparing this, it reminded me of a story of my middle sister, Haley, who's really feisty, but she was in fourth grade and a boy was trying to give her a Valentine. And so he came up to her and he was, she said he was about like 10 feet away and he was like, Haley, here's your Valentine. And she said it fell. I don't think she tried to catch it because she said that it just landed on the ground. So she said she looked at him, she looked at the Valentine, and then she took her roller backpack and just rolled right over it. <laughs> it broke his heart. He lost heart in that moment. Uh, but, you know, actually that's not what the Bible means when it says to lose heart. The Bible talks about losing heart in 2 Corinthians 4.16. It says, therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. When, in the Greek, when it says to lose heart, what it's saying is to not grow weary, to not give up. The Bible actually tells us to take heart. Everybody say take heart. Take heart. Take heart. In John 16, it says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. When the Bible says to take heart, it's actually saying be courageous. It's actually meaning 
Have courage. Do not give up. Keep going. And that's our big idea this morning is that a courageous heart is anchored in the love of God. A courageous heart is anchored in the love of God. So when the Bible tells us to take heart, it's saying have courage. Why can we have courage? We can have courage because we are anchored in knowing that our God is for us, that he loves us, and he has a plan for our lives. One of my favorite examples of this is actually King David. King David, many of us know his story, but King David was anointed king, but he wasn't king immediately. He still was out tending the sheep, and he was fighting bears and lions, and one day his dad had told him, David, I want you to take this lunch to your brothers. And his brothers were in the Israelite army and they were fighting against the Philistines and they were fighting against Goliath. And so David takes food to his brothers and what does he find? He finds that the entire Israelites were losing heart. They were losing heart. They were afraid of this Philistine. They did not know how to defeat defeat Goliath. And this is what King David, or David says to Saul, who was the king at the time, he says, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Don't lose heart. King David had courage. He had courage. He was taking heart when everybody else was losing heart. And in our world today, we're called to take heart, to be courageous. This story is one of my boys' favorite stories to act out. Anybody else have kids that love to act out Bible stories? My boys, our boys, our boys, sorry. Thank you. Our children. Lo- <laughs> yes, you are a part of that. You're a part of that. Um, they love to act this out. And one will be David and the other will be Goliath. And they literally, they will get into it, right? And Tate usually likes to be David. And he'll say, you come to me with sword and spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And then they go after it. Yes. But you know what it is? It's, it, that is that's the kind of courage we can have. Yes. That when we are anchored in God's love, we can have courage no matter what storm of disappointment may come our way. Yes, absolutely. Isn't it amazing how God's love can anchor us that way to give you courage? A courageous heart is anchored in the love of God. And when, I, when Maya was talking about that, doesn't that just give you courage? Like, yes, we can do that. Yes, this is possible. But if you're like me, and you've been alive longer than a hot minute, it seems like there's another Goliath waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And there's another storm coming. And one of the things that we, we have to recognize is that our ability to handle disappointments, things that don't go the way that you thought they would come, it could be a doctor's report, could be financial report, could be relationships, could be emotional there so, could be a drive through Walmart. <laughs> Things don't go well. I don't know. Not sure which way you're going to go. Or Costco. <laughs> Did I see some of you at Costco yet? Anyways, then we'll go there. But when we get disappointed, how do we respond? That tension point for all of us Because the truth is, if you haven't been disappointed yet, you will be. Mm -hmm. Jesus actually said, um, um, don't don't be troubled for trials will come for all of us, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. So when you're facing disappointments, when you're facing things, Paul is talking to the Ephesians. They're struggling with a disappointment that Paul's in prison on account 
of them. So, so what are we supposed to do when we have this storm of disappointment? Just like David did, we are supposed to go to the love of God. And here's what happens. The more you know and discover and learn and apprehend the love of God, the more courage you actually get because your heart is encouraged by him so that you can be anchored in his love. So it's really important that we understand why Paul goes through God's love, because if we understand why he goes through God's love and know more about God's love, then our hearts will be encouraged. So let's go back and look at verse 18. If you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to underline this or your phones. And it says this, verse 18 and 19, and may you have the power to understand. Right there, let's pause. Look at that word power. Do you know what he's really trying to tell you? In your natural carnal mind, you won't be able to get this. Right. Our minds are not big enough, wise enough, or strong enough to understand the love of God. Mm -hmm. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to give us the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to, to, to understand the love of God. That's right. So as all God's people should, now here's what's really cool. He goes, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep the, his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Mm -hmm. have, have you guys heard that, that, that verse before? How wide, mm -hmm. how high, how deep, how long, mm -hmm. deep and wide. No, not that one. <laughs> we, we've all, uh, and, and maybe you're brand new to church, you've never heard that. Well, you just heard it for the first time. But this is kind of a hallmark passage, but sometimes you read through things and you just kind of, what, what was all that? We just skip right through it. I want to break it down for you really quickly. The four dimensions of love that Paul talks about. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really, uh, I think a great metaphor to use is that it's, it's actually like a diamond that's multifaceted. Mm -hmm. Hint, hint, Valentine's Day. I like diamonds. I can deal uh, with this. <laughs> so how wide his love is. Mm -hmm. What that's speaking to is that there's no limits. That's good. No boundaries. His love is for everyone. Turn your neighbor and say, his love is for you too. His love is for you too. Now, the other neighbor, you can say them too. You too. His love is for everyone. Every tribe, every tongue, Jew and Gentile, not just for the U.S., every tribe, Portland to Portugal, Australia to Japan, the width of his love spans the entire world. That's right. And I, mm -hmm. I know we should clap more than we are, but that's okay. We'll get to the next. We have three more for you to warm up. You ready? We'll do that. But I wanted to pause right there because it's just so important to know that God's love is that wide. Right. And, mm -hmm. and I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, you need to stop right here and pray for Turkey and Spain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because God's love, I'm so, for Turkey and Syria, excuse me. We need to pray for them, don't we? Yeah. And by the way, a ministry that we support here, Convoy of Hope, already has stuff mm -hmm. sent on the ground, the Summers of God. We're all a part of sending help and aid. And we care, don't we? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why? Because Amen. God cares. Right. That's how wide his love is. So would you just pray with me real quick? Lord, right now, we lift up Turkey and Syria and everyone that's affected. Lord, we know the death tolls are already over 25,000 and we expect Jesus more. But Lord, right now, we pray for grace, grace. Yes. 
We pray, Lord Jesus, for your love, your saving, your power, your amazing comfort that only you could do would be sent right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for praying with us. But that's how wide the love of God is. Amen. Amen. The second thing is the length of his love. That one for some is kind of, is kind of difficult. I like Jeremiah 31.3 where it says that his lo- he loves us with an everlasting love. Yeah. In other words, the length of his love is before you were born. Mm-hmm. Before the foundations of the world, guess what? He thought of you, he knew you, mm-hmm. and he loved you. And guess what? In the future, he loves you there too. Yeah. Even though he knows the mistakes, the decisions, the things that you may make or may not make, what you've done, what you will do, his love is so long that he's there in eternity, past, present, and future. That's right. That's how good God's love is. Mm-hmm. So we know how wide his love is. Let's do this together. Ready? How wide? wide. Come, on, some, come on, guys. What a, we got like four of us. We're away. Let's go. How wide? wide. Yeah, you can even hit your neighbor. Some I saw people smack each other. How how, hey, hey. How wide? Then we'll go like this. How long? how long? There we go. Now the next one is the height. Height. Here we go. Height of his love. I, I, I love this because... One of the things that we even talked about in communion is that Jesus came to earth and he died for us, not just to save us, but here's the, here's the critical part, so that we would have a brand new life and be resurrected. And Ephesians says that we would be seated in mm-hmm. heavenly realms. Yeah. How high am I going? I'm going to the top. Yep. Anybody else coming with me? Amen. Mm-hmm. And not only that, he says it in an amazing tense that right now we're seated in heavenly realms with him. Mm-hmm. That you hit the price that Jesus paid for your sins and mine is finished and complete once and for all. Yeah. And we are seated in heavenly places with Jesus. Amen. It's awesome. He wants it. Come on. All right. We're, we're getting warmer. We got one more. We got one more. Are we ready? Last one. So we've got... How wide, we're getting better, how long, how How high, high. and then how deep, Deep. the depth of his love. In Philippians 2, if you want to be really smart at lunch today, remember this word, kenosis. 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 What does that mean? It's that Jesus emptied himself out. He poured himself out as a sacrifice. He was in heaven. He emptied himself out for why? So that he would be a sacrifice for you and for me. He came from heaven to the depths of earth for you and Mm -hmm. for me so that none would perish. And I'm going to give you a chance to get excited. And that all would have everlasting life. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Do you see how being anchored in the love of God changes your life? Yeah. How he encourages your heart. The more you know about the love of God, Mm -hmm. the more confidence you have, the more strength you'll have, the more courageous your heart will be. Mm -hmm. And I want to encourage every single person, never forget how wide, how high, how long, and how deep the love of God is because a courageous heart is anchored in the love of God. Yes. So 
as we are dialoguing this, the important thing to ask is, how do we anchor our heart in the love of God, specifically when difficult times come, when trials come, when those storms of disappointment come, how do you anchor yourself in the love of God? And the first part of that is to remember God's faithfulness. Remember God's faithfulness. When you, a storm of disappointment, that hole in that stage, every single time. Uh, when a storm of disappointment comes or your heel gets stuck in a hole on the stage, <laughs> what do you do? It's important to have a plan so that when those things happen, you're not derailed. I remember there was a season in our life, we've faced a lot of things that have been difficult, just like many of you, but uh, there was a season in our life that was extremely, extremely dark. We had just moved to Gig Harbor and Titus was about three years old and we were a part of a, a a church that had multiple campuses. And so we were going to take over one of the campuses. And I remember we moved, and the day after we moved, I found out that I was pregnant, pregnant with our second child. And shortly after I found out that I was pregnant, I started having symptoms of a miscarriage. And it was quite a traumatic process for me because uh, there was still a heartbeat. So I remember pleading, I pleaded with the Lord, Lord, save this child, save this baby. I want this baby. God, don't take this baby. And I, I prayed out to God, I cried to the Lord. And I remember just being so devastated when I ended up having a, a full miscarriage and just very traumatic. And those of you in the room or listening online that have experienced a miscarriage, it's very painful. It's hard to talk about. It's hard to know how to process all of that. And I remember just feeling so um, disappointed, so distraught. And the church we were at, it, it really was not the right fit for our um, style of ministry. And so there was a lot of different angles that just felt disappointing. But I remember during that season, the Lord reminded me of a verse, and I want to read it to you because it's a verse I clung to. It's Lamentations 3, 21 through 24, and it says this, Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. This verse... I clung to this verse. This verse was like life and breath to me. And some of you, this verse, this is the verse you need to cling to in this season. And I remember I would read that every day and I would choose because I didn't feel it, but I chose. And sometimes you have to rely on the fact that you know that God is good and that you know that he is faithful when you're hurting. And I remember just clinging to that. And so I would, every day, I would, I would thank the Lord for his faithfulness that uh, I had Titus. I looked at the, into the eyes of Titus and I would thank the Lord for Titus. And I would thank the Lord that I was alive because I almost died giving birth to Titus. And I would thank the Lord the house we were living in at the time was actually a house that was given to us. Someone had given us a home. So I remember just feeling distraught on one hand, but yet so encouraged when I remembered the faithfulness of God. And during that season, um, you know, Titus was only three. We didn't talk about it much, but Nate and I, between the two of us, we always thought that our, the baby that is now in heaven with Jesus was a girl. And so we named her. Her name is Tinley. I can't wait to meet her someday. A few years later, Titus came up to me out of the blue and he said, Mom, I have a baby sister in heaven, don't I? And I, I paused because we, we didn't talk about it. And I said, yeah, yeah, you do. And I said, how'd you know that? And he's like, I just know. 
God showed me. And it was one of those moments where I just, it was like the Lord just said, I see you, and I got your girl. She's in heaven with me. God is so faithful, friends. Even in our disappointment, he, he is working, he is moving, and there are so many reasons why we can rely on his faithfulness to remember what God has done in the season where you didn't think you were gonna make it, but you did. Yeah. God is faithful. In the times where you got a bad report from the doctor and you, didn't, you weren't quite sure what was gonna happen, God is faithful. He's our healer, he's our provider, he's our protector. He is all that we need. God is faithful. Yes. He is faithful. So I want to encourage you to don't forget to remember. Yeah. Don't forget to remember how faithful our God is, how faithful he is. That's really good. So the second way that we would do this <clears throat> is trust in his limitless love. Say limitless love. If you have your Bibles, we'll go back to verse 17. It says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you do what? Trust. Trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. A courageous heart is an anchored heart in the love of God. How? By trusting in him. The more you trust as much as we would like to say we're good at trusting, I'll put my hand up and maybe my other hand, I need to trust him more. Mm -hmm. He's with me, he's for me, so who could be against me? That's right. Your roots will grow down into, the love of, into God's love and keep you strong. Mm -hmm. The more we trust God, the more anchored we become. And then in verse 19 it says, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. I love how it says, may you experience. Mm -hmm. Because I think so often we can spend our lives just doing intellectual exercises, trying to understand, which is so important. But there's nothing like an experience. Right. How many have ever been to Disneyland or Disney World? My assistant just got back. We're so glad you're back, Cheryl and family, but they had a great time. But could you imagine with me for a moment, Dr. David uh, Jeremiah used this illustration. That was a great illustration. Could you imagine going to Disneyland and sitting on a bench and staring at, pick the best ride that you can think of. Star Wars, Guardians of the Galaxy, Peter Pan, I don't know, whatever, what, the teacups. I don't know, maybe someone's, that's their favorite. I'm not sure. <laughs> but let's say you're staring at it and you have a notebook. You come into the park, you get there early, you sit down and you just start taking notes about everything. Oh, the people are excited. That kid spit. That kid dropped his popcorn. Oh, look at the way that thing spins. That thing goes this way, that way. And you spent 14 hours that day writing down. You wrote a whole book about it. And then the park's about to close, you close your book, and you walk out. How great of a ride would that be for you? Terrible. <laughs> that's right. Unfortunately, that's what people reduce the love of God to. Mm -hmm. They only want to talk about it and not experience him. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if you experience him, you change. That's right. The reason we don't experience him is because we're okay with where we are until we're really not. 
And it's at that point when people are ready, okay, I'll take a change. Mm -hmm. I'll experience that love of God. Mm -hmm. And my encouragement for all of us, that's why we spend time in worship. That's why we spend time reflecting. That's why we spend time saying, God, here is my heart. Mm -hmm. I am losing heart. I need your courage being anchored in your love so that I can know how great your love is for me. I need your love. I need to be transformed. I need to experience it. It's way beyond what I can understand. That's what I need. I love how Rick Warren says it. He says, God's love is like an ocean. You can see its beginning, but not its end. Yeah, so good. We need the love of God because Mm -hmm. a courageous heart is anchored in the love of God. Mm -hmm. So we remember his faithfulness. We trust in his limitless love. Mm -hmm. And the third thing is we rely on his mighty power. Rely on his mighty power. Now all glory to God who is able. Who is able? God is able. Through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. We serve a God of abundance. God is not limited. We serve a God of abundance. Yes. And when he is our, that, that's right, we can clap for that because we serve a God who is an abundant God, which means that when he's our source, we lack nothing. Yeah. God has all that we need. Now with God as our source, he will use resources to help meet the needs that we have. An example of this, this last uh, November, we took an outrageous offering here at the church. Over $107,000 came in. That's amazing, PCC. That $107,000 has gone and continues to go to reaching the needs of people in our own community, across the street, and around the world. Even this last week, we were able to help someone with their car. So what I'm saying is that all of us, we were resourced, used by God, who is our source to help meet the needs of other people. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. That when God resources us, we use it to bless others. But ultimately, He is our source. When we rely on His strength and His power, we lack nothing. We lack nothing. And some of you need to hear today because you're facing something very difficult. That God has everything you need. God has all that you need. The provision you so desperately need, He's got it. The protection you need, the healing you need, it's in his mighty hands. God has all that you need. A few years ago, I saw this beautiful video of this little girl and she was sitting in the doctor's office and she was about to get a shot. And she's a lot like my children because they start to hyperventilate. You know, anybody else? Adults do that. You don't have to raise your hand right now. But she... She was sitting there and she was so scared. She closed her eyes and she started, she just began to, this was her mantra. She said it over and over. My God is so great, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. And she kept saying it. My God is so great. He's so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. And she said it five times. And all of a sudden they said, sweetie, open your eyes. And the shot was over. She didn't even know they had pricked her because she was so focused on God and that he was her strength. 
Oh my goodness, friends, that is a beautiful picture of what we are called to do. That when difficult storms come, we don't, just like we talked about last week, we don't let the mountains in our life, the storms in our life talk to us. We talk to the storms. We talk to the mountain because we serve a mountain moving God. We serve a God that is able to overcome no matter what we might face. He is able. He is able. And I just like you to stand to your feet this morning and I just think it would be really cool as we start to wrap up this service and go into a time of prayer and praise together is just for you to think about that that thing that feels like the shot in your life. (laughs) Maybe it's financial, maybe it's your health, but you need God to do a miracle. You need God to come through. And we're just gonna say, we're just gonna speak that out. My God is so great. He's so strong. He's so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. So in the face of that, would you just close your eyes? And if you feel led, you can lift your hands, you can kneel, but just declare that my God is so great. He's so strong. He's so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Let's say it again. My God is so great. He's so strong. He's so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. God, I thank you that you are greater. I thank you, God, that you are greater than anything we face. Last week, we talked about we can shout grace, grace to that mountain. We can shout grace, grace to that storm. And God, we know we rely on your power. We remember your faithfulness. God, we are anchored in your love. So this morning, God, would you pour out your spirit, pour courage on us that we may leave this building taking heart, knowing, God, that you are with us. And if you are for us, then who can be against us? So we thank you, God, that everything that we need, Everything that we need is found in you. God, you are so great. You're so strong. You're so mighty. There's nothing you can't do. There's nothing you can't do. And so we praise you this morning, Lord. We praise you and we thank you, Father. We thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So we've intentionally left some time at the end for you to encounter the love of God. Experience his love. Would you close your eyes with me and just ask the Holy Spirit, how's my heart? Am I anchored in the love of God? And as the worship team gets ready to sing, I just want to encourage you, respond to the love of God and just ask, Holy Spirit, what's the condition of my heart? Am I partnering with the spirit of power, love, and sound mind, or am I partnering with the spirit of fear? I rebuke that spirit of fear in this house in Jesus' name. We partner with your spirit, Holy Spirit, that says you have given us love, power, and sound mind in Jesus' name. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So as we worship, I'm going to ask the prayer partners, go ahead and come down up front. If you need any prayer at all, we'd love to pray with you, but we're going to take some time and we're just going to allow the Holy Spirit to touch our hearts. We would love to pray with you. Let's go ahead and sing this together. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us online for our live stream at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com. Today.com.